0: If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the get in touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com and the hardworking woman's guide to money available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon, or of course you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate, or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, and welcome back. This is KT from KT's Money Matters, coming to you with your tips and quips and ideas about making money, growing money, saving money, investing money, spending money, Today we're going to talk a little bit about spending money, maybe a little bit about spending a little less money. This falls under my most recent category is, you know, people are funny about money. So I'm going to truly confess to being a cable subscriber with a bundled package. Why, you might add, "You know, Katie, you're a financial advisor, you should know better than this. Maybe it's time for you to like take a look at it and see what you need to do and how much are you really paying?" And I always go, "Oh my God, that's just a lot of work." Do I have time to be on the phone with the cable company for who knows, 25 minutes or half an hour while we try to figure it out, whether or not I'm going to stay with them or what other resources exist. I was talking to my friend, Annie Granning about KT's Money Matters, and he does my content editing for our podcast. And he said, you know, I am a cord cutter. I have done this. I know how. And I thought, I need to have somebody that knows how on the show. So we're going to do this today. If you're the person who thinks, oh my God, I've never changed this. I don't even know how, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know why. We're gonna talk about a few things today. We're gonna to talk about, you know, kind of the house and how to understand it. And then I'm gonna wrap it up with uh, four steps about how to make the change. So hang with me through the break and we'll be right back.
1: C-Suite Radio.
0: Hey there, KT here. As you are trying to figure out what makes sense for people that you love for holidays, Consider my book, The Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money by Kathleen Thomas available on Amazon in a book, a Kindle or an Audible. This book is a terrific stocking stuffer. It's also great for the young female adults in your life who you wanna give financial advice to and maybe they don't wanna hear it from you. The book sells for $19.99 and obviously the Kindle and the Audible are less. Feel free to check it out. Also, thanks for being a fan of the show and a member of the Money Matters community. I'm always looking for ideas about future topics for the show. Feel free to go to ktsmoneymatters.com and share some of that information with me. I'd love to know what you think. Hey, thanks for holding on for me. Andy and thanks so much for joining the show.
1: Oh, you're welcome, KT, anytime.
0: So you're a notorious cord cutter.
1: I want to know a little
0: bit about, (laughs) yeah, why not? You can be notorious. (laughs) It could be fun. Tell me what made you make the change and how long it has been since you've been, you know, disconnected.
1: Well, quite frankly, we would look at our satellite bill, my wife and I, and it would always come towards the end of the month. And it's like, we're paying this much for that. And we're watching about six channels. I mean, maybe 10 channels. And we just looked at the numbers and that seemed like the thing to do. And we did it probably about two and a half years ago or so. We're not new by any stretch of the imagination because if you look at the numbers from like all the major cable companies, they've been hemorrhaging for like the last three or four years. But we're also not some of the old school people who did it a while ago.
0: So let me ask you this, the experience of living in a cord-free world, what was the best thing about it? And what was the thing that was most surprising about it?
1: I was honestly surprised having two young kids, my almost five-year-old and now a nine-year-old. So take that back two and a half years ago. I thought they would have the hardest adjustment because you know they just like to turn on the TV and there's their show. But it just amazes me how well they've adjusted. And now they're like, how come you can't pause that, Daddy? Well, it's on live. Well, can't we rewind? No, it's on live. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they're so used to get watching things on, you know, Netflix or on demand wherever that the idea of like you have to tune in at 3:30 to watch different strokes is completely beyond them. Like they don't, they don't understand that. And that, that to me, being a former TV guy is just absolutely fascinating to watch because you know that the news is on at five, the news is on at six. Jeopardy always comes on at the same time. Your favorite primetime show comes on Thursday at eight. And it's not like that anymore. So I was really surprised at how easy it was. It wasn't as hard as people thought it was. And I thought it would be a Bigger transition for my wife, to be a hundred percent honest with you, because she's the kind of person who just kind of turns the TV on and has it as background noise. Yeah. And, and I thought that, oh my gosh, like she's not gonna adjust. What if we don't get the channel she likes? Well, we were able to find things that suited her needs. And we've been, you know, all over the place with these services. And to me, it seems like. It's this huge mental block because everybody's used to having this cable box or having their satellite box and you just pay for it and it's a fact of life and it's not like that anymore. You don't have to do that. You do have freedom.
0: Ah, we could have freedom on the other side of the cord. Listen, I hope my listeners are paying attention to this because I got to tell you, most of the people I think that tune in are looking for smart, quick ways to uh, save or grow money. And at the same time, most of them are running pretty busy lives. So I think that one of the things that gets in the way of people making the change is kind of knowing what they could do and then, you know, gravitating to that. So one of the things I love about your story is you're actually in South Dakota. So you are in satellite country, not cable country. Am I correct?
1: Yes. I mean, we have cable. I mean, I'm in Sioux Falls, the state's largest city. There is a cable company. We do have that, but a lot of rural areas, you're completely right. And when I worked at the TV station here, a big transition was when you went from analog to digital now you don't even think about that but the digital (laughs) signal doesn't go as far and is a lot more direct than the old analog signal was so in rural areas it can be harder to get and it doesn't travel as far so that kind of made you know made satellite the go-to thing here in this part of the country. As a matter of fact, I was talking to somebody just the other day who lives in a town that's about probably 25, 30 miles to the north of Sioux yeah. Falls. And they were telling us how they don't have internet and they just got satellite TV within like the last six months because they don't have cable out there and they kind of wanted to see some programming. And that's about all the options they have. So wow. we may be one of the last... and where you are in New Hampshire too, there are probably some places where you can't get a strong signal. That's right. And so satellite would be your only option.
0: You know, I don't see that many, I don't see that many satellite dishes anymore, but it used to be in the North country. Nobody had cable. Now I think that, that like anything else, they figured out how to get it further and further. Because of course, you know, the cable companies are making a fortune figuring out how to get it closer to you. However, so you cut the cord when you did this, did you lose anything that you really missed?
1: Honestly, not really. One of the things I will always tell people that kind of blows their mind a little bit is get an antenna. And you're like, what? You mean like the <laughs> rabbit ears grandma had on her TV? Exactly. Things have advanced a little more since then, but the principle's still the same. And we had somebody come up and install an antenna on our roof. It cost us about as much to get that antenna on our roof as one month of satellite service. And you're getting all your major networks so you can see all the football games, you can see your local news, you can see your favorite primetime shows if you still watch primetime TV, and it's all free.
0: Nice. So an antenna, step one, maybe... Maybe,
1: but I have to say it with a caveat though. A lot of people, depending on your geography or your distance from your local TV towers, kind of going back to what I said earlier, may or may not be able to get a very reliable signal. Thankfully, I live in a pretty flat part of the country. The towers are about seven miles as the crow flies from my house. All I had to do was turn it to that direction, got up on the roof with my iPhone, looked at the right coordinates, and voila, I've got all the channels and PBS. And in some places, a lot of times what you'll find in a lot of cities is one or two stations might have their antennas in the same neighborhood, and then the other one is completely the opposite direction. So, and as I said, since this signal isn't as broad as it was during the analog days, it can be harder to get those Signals or get it as direct as it used to be. It all depends on your distance and if you have any physical impediments. Like if you're on the other side of a mountain range or you're in a big city where there are buildings in your way, or you could be in a small city where there's buildings in your way, or you could be 35 miles from the tower and you don't get a good signal. There's a lot of variables out there, but that should be kind of your first step is to think about antenna. If you are a big network TV watcher, if you're not, then all these services that are out there now might be your best bet. And you'd be surprised at what you can find out there that suits your needs.
0: Yeah, I was actually really surprised. My first step in this process was I decided to add Netflix, $11 a month or whatever it was, and then find out how much I liked it and then how much it impacted what else I used. And what I found out was, you know, I really like it. I really like Netflix. And I'm on there a lot. And a lot of the shows that I like to watch are also on Netflix. And so it started to change how much I was actually looking at the cable. And so that helped me figure out like what I was going to get rid of. So I actually added something to then figure out what to get rid of. But I would argue probably, Andy, the first step is to figure out what you're actually paying for right now. And I know that, you know, for my listeners, I'm sorry, you're going to have to open that bill and actually look at what you're paying for.
1: Oh, for sure. Because you look at the bill, you're paying for your cable service, you're paying for any premium channels you may or may not have, you know, if you have the HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, that sort of thing. Also looking at the equipment rental, because that's one thing that people don't really think about, but that adds up fast, because you're paying $10 a month to have the box on your TV or an extra 5 or $6 a month for all the extra little boxes on the other TVs that you may or right. may not be watching, like the one in the bedroom or the one in the kitchen or the one downstairs. So that, That's right. all, that all adds up too. And then going back to my antenna rant, you'll notice depending on your cable company, they'll have like some sort of like local broadcast or local channel fee. Now, some cable companies will just charge you that, you know, what they're paying for it. So you'll look at it and it'll be like, four dollars or six dollars. Some cable companies are notorious for hiking that up to like 15 to 20 dollars. Right. So, they're
0: charging you a handling fee in the middle.
1: Yeah. So they're totally taking a cut of it. That's one thing that you can completely eliminate as well. And the, the cable boxing is really interesting because there was a story probably about a year ago, in the LA Times where the reporter tried to find out how much does this cable box cost you? And how much is this cable box cost the cable company? And he wasn't able to get a definitive answer because the cable companies aren't talking. There's apparently like only one or two manufacturers of these. They weren't talking about what their... Of course not. What, you know, (laughs) the cost of goods for this. So he asked some industry experts who say that these boxes probably cost your cable company about a hundred dollars, give or take, you know, on either side of it, but they're leasing it to you for 10 to $15 a month. That box has probably been sitting on top of your TV or in your entertainment center for about, you know, five, six years. So you do the math.
0: Yeah. It's a great little revenue maker.
1: Yeah. After about year one, it's all pure profit.
0: Well, and the thing that I think is interesting is I can remember when people used to have I'm going to date myself. They had rotary phones in their house and they rented those phones on a monthly subscription fee. I think They were like $9.99 a month was the cost of the phone or something like that. And I can remember my mother had this, you know, seriously old phone. She didn't even know she was renting it. This is when you could start to buy phones off the shelf and plug them in. And -hmm. then you wanted to return the old phone to the phone company. But the thing is, is that the cable companies still have a lock on the cable boxes. So it's just like the telephone companies used to have a lock on the phones. And now you can buy a phone anywhere and just plug it in. And nobody ever rents their phone anymore. But people still rent their cable box.
1: Yes, you're exactly right. It really is kind of amazing. because It is
0: amazing. It hasn't changed. (laughs) And you know what? Somebody will figure that out and disrupt that eventually. It might not be me because I'll be busy doing something else, Andy, and you'll be working. But somebody will figure out how to break that up. Because well, and that's, that already, is-
1: that's already kind of happened. And to be honest with you, th- this is just kind of indexing my memory here. There was a push during the Obama administration to do just that, to let you go buy a cable box, but yep. something within the FCC and cable <laughs> kind of stepped in there and it never happened.
0: Could it have been a lobbyist group? Probably. Yeah, it probably was. <laughs> Somebody who said, you know, that they're the friends of the cable or something formed a pack and... Got it killed.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, people are kind of doing that now because... Right. When, now
0: they're just skipping the box. They're going straight to streaming. Yeah. When so you're going instead streaming, of getting a different box, they're just going right by them.
1: Yeah. Or you get a streaming box, whether that's your Apple TV, your Roku, your Fire TV. There are, are probably a dozen boxes out there you can get. And you can buy these boxes from anywhere from $25 to $100. And it's yours.
0: So talk to me about the the Roku stick and how all of that works. Think about the people that have, haven't cut the cord. They don't even know what that is and how it works.
1: Okay. So essentially like a Roku or a Fire Stick, th- those are just the two kind of main players. Roku is a separate company. Fire Sticks come from Amazon. And think of it like your cable box. It's the middleman that you plug into your TV that allows you to see and stream everything. Now, Full disclosure, in my house, we have Roku's and I find that Roku is probably the most agnostic of the platforms because just about every service has an app on a Roku, whereas Amazon has gotten into, you know, little spats with Google yeah. over over YouTube and they were allegedly with this whole Disney Plus launching, they were in some sort of spat with Disney Plus, not putting their app on the fire stick, but apparently now the fire TVs will have Disney Plus because it's been so huge. So that's what you got to think of it as. And on Roku, they literally have thousands of quote unquote channels. Now you can't take that as seriously as like, you know, you have a thousand channels you can watch. They run the gamut from like these small subscription services that, you know, might just focus on horror movies, we'll say. Right. Or it could be some church in Texas puts all of their Sunday sermons on a Roku platform so you can and watch. How it many of those
0: can you really listen to on a Sunday?
1: Well, exactly. And I mean, if and <laughs> and I mean if you're really interested in it, great. There it is. It's right there for the taking. But that's
0: not going to speak to the everyday person.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, when you say that there are thousands of apps available and it's the same thing on a on a fire TV, they're not all a thousand things you're going to watch. And let's face it, who has time to watch a thousand things or two thousand things? But it has all your major streaming apps, whether you're going like Sling, YouTube TV. What else is there out there? Your Netflix, your Hulus, all that sort of the Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime, all that stuff. Prime video, yes, it's all there.
0: Nice. So once you look at your bill and you figure out what you're paying for and you get over the shock and horror, because that all comes with that. I think the next step, tell me if you think I'm wrong with this, Andy, is to compare that, what you're getting, with what you want.
1: No, you're exactly right. That's one of the biggest mistakes people make when they're doing this is they're like, well, I need this channel and I need that channel. And I have to watch this and watch that. What you really need to do is sit down, get out a pen and paper and figure out, okay, what shows do I actually watch? What channels do I actually watch? Do I really need this premium package? Do I really need all these sports networks? Because if you're not a big fan of sports, why are you paying for ESPN? ESPN is probably the most expensive channel out there. It's right. costing every cable subscriber they say about seven dollars a month, give or take. Oh, I
0: think it's nine.
1: Is it nine? It could. Yeah, it, you know,
0: I in <laughs> in getting ready for this show, you know, I pulled out my cable bill mm-hmm. and I took a look at it, and I went through this kind of t- this four step process that we're talking about. But it was nine dollars. I'm like, you know, I'm watching my local sports teams on my local channels pretty much that's it
1: yeah i mean i'm the same way i i watch our locals or mainly the from next door of minnesota but i watch those sports right. i'm i'm not a huge and i'm not anti espn i just haven't watched espn wow. for years right. there's nothing there's nothing on there unless there's a big game that i want to watch or watch bits and pieces of like i'm not really into watching what they have these days but you know i do subscribe to a service now that has espn so i do have that option it's it's there for me if i want it but yeah decide what you want and what you can live without because that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is they think they need all these channels but in reality they're not watching all those channels at all right
0: well the other thing i you know that happens a lot when you do like especially in new england where you do cable you get your cable and your internet and that's what they talk about when they're bundling right so one of the things that So when I sat down, I looked at it, I said, you know, what am I getting? What am I getting that I don't care about? And what am I not getting that I need? And so one of the things that I was not getting was fast enough internet. And it was actually impacting how my streaming was working. And then I work from home a lot. So, you know, I do a lot of technology. I'm trading. I'm using a lot of bandwidth and the thing's just not fast enough. So I'm like, I need more of this and I need less of that and I need a smaller bell, right? So that I kind of went through that and I said, what am I willing to get up, give up to make that happen?
1: Well, and that's kind of the devil in the details, honestly, about cord cutting is a lot of people in a lot of areas of the country only have one internet service provider. And a lot of times that internet service provider has something to do with their TV service. So that's the way it is here. Yeah, so a lot of them don't have options And they'll make you take on a TV package, even if it's a basic TV package to still get internet. Or if you take away the TV package, they jack up your internet and you don't get good speeds or you don't, or you have a data cap. So you have to be very wary of that. Thankfully, I live in a city where we have two to three providers, internet providers, depending on what part of town you live in. If you're in a newer part of town, you probably have three. If you're in a older part of town, like I am, all the houses in my neighborhood were built in the 1960s. We have two. But what I learned is I can call the cable company like every six to 12 months and say, Hey, you have any deals going on? And they will, depending on your company, of course, maybe swing you a deal maybe knock off, you know, 15 to 20 bucks off your internet. But there are a lot of people who that's not an option for, and they pay through the nose to have TV or have internet. So they kind of have to keep TV to keep the bill at a You know, reasonable place at a reasonable place. Exactly. That's the word I was looking for.
0: (laughs) You know, you read and you went right into my step four, which is look at the competition. So one of the things that I did, guys, when I got ready for this, I said, I broke out my cable bill. I looked at it. I said, what am I paying for and what don't I care about? I tried to do it online at the Comcast site, but needless to say, that didn't work. You have to call a service professional. I had some grandfathered bill, some kind of grandfathered plan that, by the way, wasn't that great. But I couldn't just change it. I had to actually call and speak to a representative, which I did. They tried to give me a plan I didn't like. I got upgraded to somebody else who was willing to make me a better deal. And you know, one of the things I wanted was I wanted faster internet. I went first and I looked online and I said, who else could I buy internet from in the area? And there wasn't anybody. So now I know I'm stuck with cable, but the cable bill people don't know that I know I'm stuck with them. So I'm like, you know, I'm gonna check this out and look at other providers and blah, blah, blah. And the next thing you know, I get an even better price. So I look at competition. Is there a different way for me to do this? I know I need high-speed internet. It's one of the things it's a, you know, I work from home, some it's not, it's a non-negotiable thing. I started Googling a little bit, you know, what are the upsides and downsides of cutting the cord? And one of the things is if you don't do this first. And then you cut the cord and you realize you're missing stuff you want back. They have a welcome back fee of about 45 bucks.
1: I had no idea.
0: (laughs) They charge you to hook you back up. It's like, dumb you, one more fee on the way, just to kind of like, and all the cable companies, apparently this is one of those things that, you know, you Google it, there's a whole article about how all these cable companies, because of the number of people that have said, cut my service. I'm done with you. I'm going. And then they find out that they're not getting what they need. And then they go back to the cable company. The cable company says, well, you should have just stayed with us because now it's going to cost us 45 bucks to hook you back up. Yeah, That was wow.
1: Yeah. It's one of their little tricks of the trade. But I also get cards in the mail from the cable company. I have the cable company for my internet. I want to be completely transparent about that. But in the same breath, I haven't had like actual cable TV in my house Because we had satellite before cutting the cord, probably for about seven years, I would say. Nice. And we get cards probably every year, especially around March Madness time. They love to pull this promo out where you can get all this with your internet for you know X amount a month. And it's probably only about, I'd say, $30 more than what I'm paying right now for just internet. One year, this was a couple years ago, I decided to do a little investigating. So I called the service center and talk to a representative and once you kind of added up all the fees that they're not putting into that base price getting the dvr getting the extra cable boxes for the other tvs all that stuff adding up it was about eh, i'd say maybe ten dollars more than what i'm paying now for streaming and that promo only lasts I think it was a year, maybe nine months, something like that. So you have to read the fine print because for some- Yeah, that's
0: the other thing. How long, like if you call the cable company, which was, as I said to you, what I did, I called them up, talked to them about what I had, what I wanted. You know, the first guy talks to me about these different promotions. I said, well, you know, I'm going to look around. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. Next thing you know, I'm on the phone with a supervisor and I can get the package he offered me with 600 migs i can get a gig and i mm-hmm. said well that's not what he, he said i could only get 600 and she goes i can get you a gig and i'm like what i really needed when i picked up the phone was i needed faster internet i needed that more than any of the other things that i wanted i needed faster internet and so i said okay let's talk about the rest of it and we went walking down new equipment knew this blah 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 We'll send somebody out. You won't pay for that. We'll change out all your equipment and we'll drop your bill. I think it was like 50 bucks a month and guarantee the rate for two years. I'm like, I can live with that.
1: Oh, for sure you can.
0: (laughs) Right? That's 600 bucks over the next two years that I won't pay. Gives me plenty of time to like, you know, see whether new, new providers come in the area or not. But really what it was is I had to take the time to read the bill. I had to look at what I pay for and decide whether or not that's what I really wanted. And then I figured out what I actually needed, what I was willing to live without. And then I negotiated a better contract that worked for me. So I didn't cut the cable, but what I did is I gave him a big little haircut. I trimmed him a lot, which I think is one option too, for those of you that are, you know, legacy cable lovers, you love it. You know how you use it. You know, I use my DDR. I do certain things with my cable that work for me. I just like it. It's easy. And so for me, it was actually the best solution. For you, you know, a listener, modifying your cable bill might be the best solution, cutting your cable and going to a combination of satellite and obviously internet provider, whether or not it's a Fios or, you know, however you can buy your internet speed at home. But it's important to take it out once in a while and actually dust it off and look at what you're paying for and compare it to what you want. And it took me Andy, I think I did this in a half an hour this morning, getting ready for the show. So that's where I came up with those four steps. I basically just went at it like a little project and said, what should we be doing? Mm -hmm. So needless to say, I'll have to let you know how that really works. But what I'll say to you is I got what I wanted. I gave up things I didn't care about. Like I actually really didn't care about ESPN. I am kind of a, a sports girl, but I tend to be, you know, it's on a major channel. It's a local sports station or whatever. I'm paying attention to that. and then off I go. I also got my Netflix absorbed in my cable bill. So they're mm-hmm. going to pay my Netflix. So that brought my savings up to about 60 bucks a month because I was paying Netflix like, I think 11. Mm-hmm. So um, I got to put all those things together and save some amount of money that made it make sense for me to spend a half an hour with them.
1: No, that's great. And that's, right. Big enough. It, <laughs> yeah, it never hurts to ask. That's what I've learned from this. It never hurts to ask. I mean, I've learned that personally, too. You call the internet provider and just say, what do you have? Do you have any deals? You can play the I've been with you for X amount of years card if you really want to. If not, as you said, if you even make the tiniest threat, they might bump you up. I didn't even
0: have to tell them that. They told me that. (laughs) They said, listen, we really appreciate your business. You've been with us since, I forgot what it was, 2002 or some ridiculous thing like that. And then she started just throwing stuff at me.
1: Yeah, because they want to keep you. That's, that's the biggest thing right now, especially if you're dealing with a cable company. They want to keep you. They see down the pipeline as well that things aren't working out for them as it used to be. Their their heydays are over. That's so right. just keeping a customer is better than losing a customer. So you might be surprised with what you'll negotiate with. And the other yeah, point- I
0: was I got a lot out of them and I had read an article just recently in Consumer Reports a couple months ago about how the cable companies were trying to woo back people to cable. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, I'm going to use that against them today. Why not?
1: Yeah, why not? And the other thing, as you kind of mentioned, if you get what you want out of the cable company and keep cable, that's great. More power to you. Everybody's situation is different. But if you're going to cut the cord, try not to do it cold turkey. Okay.
0: How would you recommend people approach it?
1: Just about every service out there, whether you're talking about Netflix or one of the live TV providers out there will give you a free trial. They run anywhere from like five days to two weeks, depending on if there's a promotion. And just try it out. See if you like it. See if it's got the channels you like. Because a lot of people will just decide, I'm cutting the cord. Call the cable company. Take the boxes back to the office. Everything's gone. And then they're left with this TV and a blank stare and a blank screen okay, now what? Do your research, try before you buy. It's one of the best things you can do to see if you like it. Because that's the biggest problem people make. They're in this great rush to save money or to say screw you to the cable guys and they don't have a plan B.
0: Right, because if you still need internet, the chances are good in a lot of communities you're still gonna be doing business with your cable company. Correct. It's just are you gonna pay for everything else with them?
1: Yes, if you think you need all these channels and all these services, keep that in mind as well because you might be paying more than you would if you cut the cord or you might be paying more if you don't negotiate with them too. It's all kind of up to your situation. I think cable cutting is great. I will preach it far and loud to anybody who will listen, but for you, it may not be the best option. It's just that simple. (laughs)
0: That's it. But the trick is to decide you're going to spend the time and find out.
1: Yeah. I mean, there is research. You do have to do some legwork. I'm I'm agreeing with you there 125%.
0: So I personally think everybody could probably save a little bit of money on home entertainment and internet. And so the challenge is, as we think about people are funny with money, we're coming to the end of the year. And what I know is that Everybody's going to have these New Year's resolutions, right? And one of them is going to be to have a better control of my finances. Like next to losing weight, it's probably like right there in the number one slot, right? So working out, losing weight, being better with money, one, two, and three, about what people think about. You could do this now and you could be on your way towards implementing your 2020 New Year's resolution so that when January comes, the changes have been made. And this is one last thing to think about. You are on your way to better financial control in 2020. I encourage you to open that envelope and give it a shot. Andy, thanks so much for spending time with us today.
1: You're welcome. Anytime, KT.
0: Thank you. And to our Money Matters community, till we speak again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.